Hello, and welcome to a new segment on Tapping Into Crypto, where we're going to bring you the latest market movers, updates, and deep dives into new projects. I'm Pat Hundle. And I'm Pat Hundle. I think you've read that wrong, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm Tommy Horner, guys. Got it. And this is Tapping Into Crypto. So we'll just cover off a few of the key topics that we've seen come into the space. So a bit of news on CBA and their recent foray into the crypto space. Very juicy news there. Man. More to come on that. Squid Games, been on our TV sets. Now it's bleed its way through into the cryptoverse. So we'll touch on that too. Polkadot, I know Tommy's a big fan of that one. So am I. Been waiting for these auctions on the power change for some time now. So we'll do a bit of a run into that. Some interesting updates on what's been happening with the Shiba space, most notably the 8K investor now worth 5.7 bill. So some updates on that space as well. And of course, it wouldn't be a start of month update without looking at what Bitcoin and ETH are doing and um, their recent activities at the all-time highs. So Huge. we'll touch on that as well. But firstly, the CBA news with their recent guest publication across most major outlets about they're coming to crypto. They're coming to crypto, man. It's an interesting one, interesting piece. I guess the banks haven't exactly been crypto's friend over the last number of years and, uh, you know, highlighting has uh, been used for nefarious activities and... It's dodgy, mate. They won't bank certain crypto businesses. And uh, today we get news that CBA are allowing their 6.5 million customers to hold crypto and buy and sell crypto through the CBA app. So, yeah. you know, absolutely amazing turn of events there. Not much has changed fundamentally for crypto, you know, over the last couple of years, I guess. Uh, But yeah, they're coming to the party eventually. So very, very interesting news there. And and one that definitely took me for a bit of a side swipe, to be honest with you, man. That was my first question. Like, did you even think of this happening? Because I had no idea. Like, I thought, yeah, cool, this will happen. But maybe once the market's going a bit crazy and like it's in the news everywhere, like that's when you, you usually don't see the news like this when things look like they're just starting to boil over a bit. I mean, the sentiment for crypto has been building and building over the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, some very large investors getting in, companies backing it. I mean, it's definitely a hot topic at the moment. And I think yeah. if there was any of the banks were going to make a move on at CBA, it probably looked the most likely. Yeah. In saying that, it's definitely taken me for a bit of a spin yeah. this morning. Like reading that, it's, it definitely seemed like it was more than a year away. We've got some new legislation that's came from the Senate committee hearing recently with, with Senator Bragg. And that's something that I think everybody thought that that was going to play out first before we seen anything like a bank moving into the space. But, you know, I guess kudos to CBA for, for yeah. taking the plunge. They've obviously been doing a lot of work in the background to get it over the line. And um, it can only be a good thing for crypto in terms of mass adoption. I don't know who uses CBA to buy crypto. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's definitely an interesting player from them. And um, you got to think they'll play it the safe way. They won't be, you know, be the main headliner. I guess you could call them technically blue chip sort of assets. They won't be sort of foraying into. I wouldn't say so. Nah. I mean, you know, you'd imagine they'll be definitely sticking to the top cap. Yeah. Or coins like, you know, do they even go outside of Bitcoin and Ethereum? Yeah, do they even go outside of Bitcoin? Like we don't. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know at this early stage, but it's one of those things that. Yeah, it's just seriously, it's just taking me for a bit of a spin yeah. that one today. And, and it's... The ETF is one thing, right? Like, that was cool, but this just seems like a next level play. Like, the ETF, we kind of all sort of were speculating for months and months, like, when's this happening, when's this happening? Yeah, it seems like they are following... I mean, some of the banks in the US have already signed on to custody crypto for certain clients in some states. Yeah. So it's kind of like a bit of a follow-up play to that, but I haven't read anywhere about no the banks, banks right? 
in US actually like allowing you to trade crypto no. within their app. So even El Salvador, like you can buy and sell with Bitcoin, but you can't trade between other assets. That's anything. right. Yeah. So. so it's it's definitely an interesting play. It's it's one we're obviously going to be from SwiftX point of view, we're going to be watching it very, very closely. It's almost like another competitor comes into the market, which <laughs> you know is a good thing. But I think in terms of mass adoption for crypto itself, it can only be a positive spin. And I guess the big question is now who's going to be the next bank? CBA are the first ones to knock over the domino, but that's usually how it is, right? Like after this, it goes, who's the next bank? And, and you can be guaranteed that there are other banks doing similar to what... Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly yeah. right. I mean, the superannuation industry is one that's already kind of hot topic as well. I mean, yep. you read about it almost every week now. Self-managed super funds are pumping at the moment because people want to get access to crypto. Mm. You know, the retail industry funds are not going to stand by and, and let that happen. Similar to the bank play yep. from CBA, right? So... Yeah, very interesting to see how this kind of all plays out over the next couple of years. Yeah, I think kudos once again. I couldn't agree more. Like, it just you got to build and innovate. I think just the world's just becoming more and more challenging of a landscape. So it's just really cool to see these guys coming out of the traps, and even just committing to even just the fact that they now have this against their branding. Like, even if there's not a timeline now, there's the expectation now yeah. that this is something they're bringing out. So, so does that fix the banking of crypto? Are we in the clear now? <laughs> Logic <laughs> would tell you that that fixes the debanking risk for crypto now. Because guess what? Your favorite yellow bank is now buying and selling crypto. Yep. So can they really come out against a crypto business or even a IT on the bleeding edge of uh, innovation and say, oh, you guys can't do that because, you know, yeah, it's used for nefarious activities, etc." Yeah. It's like, well, CBA, no, you guys are trying to set in a precedent for everything else that happens. Yep. Um, so they need to be accountable for that too. So you know, as much as they want to get their piece of crypto and yeah, it's a revenue player for them. Let's yes. be frank about it. So the same thing. They came out of the trap swinging at Afterpay when they first came on the scene saying illegitimate business activity, like it's not in the customer's best interest. Yep. And lo and behold, now they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Hasn't the they been that Clarina? Isn't Clarina Is bound to come well? back now? Like, yeah. so yeah, it's funny because like, you know what it looks like to me? Like, yeah, they're going to end up building their own. At some stage, they'll be working towards building their own. Right? It's just yeah, goes, so. right. Like it's how fast can you be in the space? And then at what point? Yeah, just run yeah. with it yourself. Yeah. yeah, Matt. What about your favorite TV show? Which one? Simpsons? Simpsons? No, not the Simpsons. Oh, Squid Games. <laughs> I was wondering where you have a crypto. No, well, they should. They probably should. If they don't, they should have one. Maybe we can start one. I buy a board coin. A what one? Board. Have you ever seen Simpsons? No, I haven't seen no. that. The, right, I'm not going to explain it. That's all right. People That's listening will, know, will either know. They're either bought people or they're not bought people. So. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. uh, yeah, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, okay. Fair let, call. Let I'll, I'll stop digging myself a grave. Well, I watched an episode of Squid Games with my partner and yeah, it didn't last too long. Very similar to the crypto, I think. <laughs> what? Well, I haven't started it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's an interesting watch. Yeah, Probably okay. not for everybody. Like I said, similar to the Squid Game Crypto yeah, that yeah, launched yeah. how long ago? I think it was over the, would have been a week, right? Can't be more than a week. I didn't follow it from day one. Yeah. So I guess just to give people a bit of an eye in as to what we're talking about, there was a recent rug pull, as we call it, in the space where, yeah, I guess I don't know the finer details, but essentially there was a contract created that users could purchase, but then they couldn't sell. Heard something about you could sell it if you did hold another separate token, which then allowed you to Marble sell Marble token yeah. that you needed in order to yeah. cash out yeah. of your position. Yeah. And yeah, all I seen, to be honest, all I seen was that it went from almost zero to like yeah. a couple of hundred dollars. People were trying to cash out. People had billions of dollars yeah. worth of this token and wouldn't, you know, That's cash awesome. out options were yeah. 
classic rug pull move. Yeah, yeah. And then the founders went off with, with tens of millions of dollars in, yeah. in assets. So I guess a bit of a, a warning to anybody listening, do your research, don't buy Squid Game. <laughs> and these kind of assets, you know, we, we don't list them on SwiftX. Those, the due diligence process that an asset to get listed on SwiftX will go through yeah. wouldn't have, Squid Game wouldn't be on SwiftX essentially. So no. that's just one of those things. It was very the- unfortunate for investors, but it does happen. Yeah. And I guess just being aware of it is kind of our message, I guess, is just be aware of it, right? Like mm. do your research, just do your research and hype very dangerous thing yeah because all i saw was retroactively all the messages on certain like facebook groups and even like discord communities everyone was like oh, i've put 30 bucks in and it's worth 300k now yeah and then when you think about it, if no one's selling an asset because they can't yeah it's only one direction it's going to go exactly the top of the pyramid decides to pull the rug out it's almost good it was a good little rug pull model that they built for themselves <laughs> there yeah i mean backed on the hype of a bloody netflix documentary yeah. which yeah i mean we've seen it before we've seen all the meme coins yeah. popping around and we've seen everything that's happened with even Shibuinu for the last 400 days. I like, uh, I'm going to say 400 days because to yeah. preface the, uh, <laughs> the yeah. $8,000 investment that some person or persons yeah. made. Yeah. That's now worth 5.7 bill. Not a bad trade, that one. I think, uh, yeah, we were talking about it in the office. Someone mentioned it probably was the greatest trade in history and. As long as he can get, he or she or they can get out of the position, it probably will be. Yeah. There's plenty of liquidity for SHIB. Like oh, we, we, we talked before about SHIB, like, yes, it came off the back of Dogecoin's run and it was, you know, it plays into this meme coin business. And listen, everyone's got a different take on it. I think meme coins are 50 50 in terms of whether they're good or not for crypto. They get, mm. they build hype. Yes. They get people involved. Otherwise wouldn't get involved. And yep. that gives them an opportunity to yep. learn more about the industry. Yes. It's great when they buy something and it goes up and you make money. Like that's obviously what a lot of people are here for. But I think the bigger picture here is that it actually brings people in a lot quicker than they would get in. Mm. You know, you've got people talking about you in bloody taxis and Ubers. Like, <laughs> have you heard about? And that's how, like, that's kind of where. The last run in 2017 kicked off as well. It was really, yeah. there was a lot of hype around it. Whereas the meme coins are kind of building a lot of that hype in this mm. in this cycle that we're in. Long-term sustainability Different. is where your question is, Yeah, think, depending on what they want to do. But yeah. yeah. I think like we've always had the same discussion of when the markets take off, it's always the higher caps, you tend to see the growth and then the mids and then the lows. And it doesn't follow that sweet, that sort of process perfectly, but even like you look at something like Shiba and Doge, like they're in the top 15, like Doge and Shiba are just moving one after the other, just inching backwards yeah. and forwards and around that same Like sort a dog fight, Liter- a literal like dog a fight. Literal dog fight and market cap. Yeah. So I think just to attest to that, like, yeah, it could exhaust at some point, but that money is still there to then flow into something else. So that's it. Like it's not money that's just destitute or gone. It's investors that have made a decision. They're going to take a profit or a loss at some point, and that's going to feed back. At some point in time. A lot of the Shibu investors mm. would have been in profit if they held on, which is the thing, because it had that big run up earlier this year. Yeah. Obviously tanked and then had another run up again. Yeah. Which often it doesn't, but I know like having a bit of a closer look at the project, it actually does look like a project that might last. Yeah. They are doing some good things around staking and, and they do have a pretty good solid community now. Obviously yeah. a lot of investors and, and that's it with the liquidity is all, there. It's all community, right? Yeah. There's so many popping up, but they're only hanging around or even getting any traction as long as they've got people behind them. So Yeah. Speaking of communities, one of my faves, Polkadot, mate. Yeah. Segway right into that one. New all-time high. Yeah. 50 bucks. I think it's pressing on 52 US. Yeah. I think we were talking about this 
in anticipation, like the Polkadot ecosystem has been forever waiting for these parachain auctions to start so people could actually start building on the Polkadot ecosystem. So I think, yeah, did you read next two weeks? Yeah, I think it's the 11th of November. Yeah. It officially goes live. The auctions open. I guess for anyone that doesn't know about the auctions, high level, it's essentially you have to stake and lock a number of Polkadot coins and or Kusama coins. And basically, it kind of works, I guess, as a bit of a, a supply hit to Polkadot. People are buying it up in the market. Price goes up, same as Kusama, but then they actually have to lock it. They do earn for locking. It's like kind of a staking mechanism where they can earn, yeah. but they lock it to vote their favorite projects to get the next auction slot within the Polkadot ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I think there's a hundred in total auction slots, but it, right. it's going to happen over time, like in segments. So there's going to be giveaway 10 this month and then a couple of months they're going to give away another 10 and, and they cycle them out that way but um, yep. I think that's probably a large part of the catalyst for Polkadot kind of having this, this new recent run up and yeah what so are we What are we at number now we're in uh, it's in the top 5 or 6 by market cap right now which is obviously yeah I mean I've had a lot of conviction on that for a while uh, not financial advice uh, yeah. but for anyone who doesn't know much about Polkadot Gavin Wood who's the creator of Polkadot actually was the main developer driving Ethereum when Ethereum was being built in the very early days. There's a really good book called The Infinite Machine, which is the Ethereum book, which I recommend anybody that's interested in Ethereum to go and have a read of, kind of tells the the story of Ethereum from day one and the troubles they had as a project. And obviously look at Ethereum now. I mean, it is kind of like the crypto internet supercomputer and so many projects rely on it. It just... It's the backbone of everything. It's the backbone of almost everything. You know, obviously... We've got E2.0 coming out hopefully shortly as well. People are starting to stake it. People just have so much conviction around that project that they're happy to wait six months, one year, two years while that actually gets built out and, and gets launched. And I so, think that's, that's a great sort of, I guess, parallel as to, you know, what Dot's trying to achieve. You could argue ETH is kind of already there and it's Serenity, like they're locking up ETH. Like there is less ETH available now to buy and sell than there has been in the past. Everyone locking up for that 2.0 scalability improvement with yeah. the ETH ecosystem. So yeah, you could argue with Dot if, if people are locking that up in KSM token. Mm. Are you locking up your ETH? Me? No, I haven't. You haven't locked it up? I don't have ETH. Yeah. You don't have ETH? No, oh, no. It's too high cap yet. It's too high cap for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I've been looking at like I'm keen to lock it up. Everyone wants to, you know, you want to earn some staking rewards, but yep. just like if it doesn't deliver for another year or two years, like mm. I am holding my ETH long term, yeah. but in saying that, I don't want to be locked into anything for like 12 months or a year no. where I can't, like if it does, ETH does run up to 10K like everybody's calling for. Yeah. You want to be able to be smart about it and take a little bit of profit along the way. Well, the sensible people want to be able to take profit along the way. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I'm sensible, Pav, but you know, <laughs> maybe a little bit more sensible with the profit taking than certain people. No, namely me. Yeah, that's all right. But no, I think if anything, I can see Dot having a similar impact. Like if there's less available people to buy and sell, there's less price points in an order book where people are waiting and sitting and looking to buy and sell. So that's where I guess as much as we, you know, ETH has done some amazing things. Like I think October was a 40% month for ETH. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. huge. Just, it's uh, just topped its all time high. Bitcoin saw so Bitcoin hit 67K yep. a couple of weeks ago. It did. For an all time high or over 67K. ETH is just pressing. Like as we speak, ETH is essentially pressing for a new all time high. It's just grinding. Yeah. If 4,600 are we pushing now? Uh, Something about 4,600. Yeah, about that. Which is, it's not surprising. I mean, considering the rest of the market and where the market has gone, Mm. you'd like to think some of those lower cap altcoins that have had a run, people would take some profits. 
and then rinse it back into likes your Bitcoin, likes your Eat, which is probably what we're seeing now. We've always talked about the game plan start of this run. How do we get altcoins to get more Bitcoin? I think people are moving to how do we get more altcoins to get more ETH? What do you what do you reckon? I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the narrative is so strong, and you know, people always used to talk about like the gold to silver ratio. Yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of like similar. Yeah, yeah it's the same thing. No, For me, it's the same. Yeah. It's like you look at, I guess, the upside. Yeah, the upside in Bitcoin is obvious there as well. I mean, mm. bloody countries are adopting it as a sovereign currency, right? I mean, you yeah. can't get much more it's bullish in the than treasuries. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, but. You look at ETH and I guess it's nearer term prospects could potentially be more, you know, more gains, I guess, available. That's at least the sentiment along, among yep. the market. Yep. Just this narrative of ETH at 10 grand US. So like just prophecy, right? Yeah, it just yeah. It seems like it's just going to get there, you yep. know? And yeah, it's going to be very interesting, I guess, to see how that plays out. And I guess we should probably touch on where the market's at, Pav. Like, yeah. what are we thinking about the market right now? So market cap itself, all-time highs. So we're back at that point. Which we're is touch- We're going for three, three trill. trillion. Oh my God. Yeah. I can remember I had an old book at home where I used to like, this is how manual it was. This is like back in 2016. I used to write down like the market yeah. cap really? on my book, like my little diary. I'd say, all right, crypto market cap is now at, man, it was like 20 billion. And I was like looking at it. And I've got like all these pages where it just went up and up and up and then start going down and down and down. I just can't believe we're at like close to three trillion dollar market cap. We even like was insane. I remember December last year, we we're all talking, all right, where do we think market cap's going? Because I was like, if you know how big the market cap's going to be, you know what's around to go to everyone else, right? Yeah. And we were thinking, okay, what's a ludicrous number? I remember someone saying one trillion. Yeah. Like blew past that, and I'm pretty sure January. And then like I think the most anyone ever said was about two or three trillion. Like we're pretty much there. And well, what's gold? Seven. Yeah. Seven trill. US stocks are about two seventy. So it's still like yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's yeah. still a little gold is seven, US stocks are two seventy. Yeah. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah. Like if you look at the whole crypto market is less than three trillion, gold is seven. I'm not gonna say gold is obsolete, but gold is like less and less people are going to gold as like a hedge against inflation nowadays. Yeah. It just hasn't been performing. People expect gold to always perform in times of inflation. Yeah. I mean the reported rate on inflation in the US is like 5% when the real run rate's like 12. Yeah, it's nuts. That's all that's money if you keep in the bank, it's going backwards. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But the same thing's happening in Australia. We're getting a reported rate of less than three yeah. when the real rate's more like closer to seven or eight, yeah. which is concerning when you can get 0.1% in your bank, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. But people, people are starting to wake up to that. I think the fact that the US did print 40% of all US dollars in existence since COVID, essentially. Mm. Much of the time, people don't understand what that actually means. But, you know, when it comes back to inflation and, and um, you actually break it down and think about it, it just means essentially the dollars in your bank are just getting devalued and devalued yeah. every time that happens. So, yeah. Yeah, but I guess in terms of the cycle of the market, what's your thoughts around where we're at? How long is it going to last? Nobody knows. No, but no, what, what are your kind of thoughts I, about I like it right this, now? I like this. This is something that I think about most days. Hockey, yeah. sticks, uh, hockey sticks until uh, next March or April, you reckon? Just send it. Up and up and up. Yeah. So there's definitely data suggesting expanding cycle theory. So that is for people that aren't aware that every time we go make a absolute bottom and top for a market relative to the halvenings, it's expanding. So yeah, if you follow that expansion theory, like everyone was calling for a top in October, didn't see it. Everyone was calling for an early, now I've been saying November's a month to get out. So we'll see. Moonvember. Moonvember is what I like <laughs> to coin it. But... Yeah, if you're following expanding market cycle theory, it's basically speculating what we've just come out of. This massive highest close we've had on Bitcoin 
ever. It's a big deal. It is basically the sign of strength for a lot of people and conviction that they're waiting to see potentially to start the next leg up. So if you simply look at where we've come from to get to where we are today, you know, even if you just apply that same sort of time frame, does suggest there could be you know another six months to go, maybe. Yeah. We're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, we had a, a line and descend moment on our team, remember, yeah. about a month ago, we are like, all right, what's going to happen in the market? It was kind of chopping, it was chopping. Yeah. And a couple of us just said, not nah. like it was the start of last month, and we yeah. were just like, not. Nah, it looks like it's about to yeah. make a decision. Yeah. And the decision was up, thankfully, it so was, far. Yeah. It saved that freaky level. Yeah, yeah, that's right, it did. Yeah. And since then, I mean, it's playing out. I just don't, I mean, a lot of people think, there's this theory that goes around that, yeah, okay, it's going to finish December 23rd is going to come and and the whole market's going to be like, oh yeah, that's it. We decided the bull market's over now and it just finishes on that day. It just doesn't happen like that. I think the reality is also is the longer we go sideways and just do like what ETH is doing right now, just ticking sideways for the start of November, the more explosive and the more runway we've got essentially. So time is on our side in that regard. Yeah. But if we end up getting somewhere silly very quickly. Yeah. Like that's when yeah. you start to really blow off to, tops. Yeah. We always talk about blow off tops. Essentially, that's, you know, things getting silly where, you know, you're seeing 100%, 200% moves in certain yeah. all kinds generally. Yeah. And it's then greater a day. Yeah. Yeah. In very short time yeah. frames. And that, that's, that's that going to see, yeah. Plays into like a US dollar sort of um, bit before. Like that means that even if, like traditionally, if Bitcoin runs up, we see altcoins pull back. But now that the US dollar is potentially at the valuation that it is at, the DXY is making new lows means all these altcoins, yes, they're weaker versus Bitcoin when it's running. But because the US dollar valuation is so low, you're seeing this phenomenon where everything in the USD value is going up, even though Bitcoin's going up, you know, everything else is going up with it. Yeah, I can see this, like personally, I can see this playing out well into Q1 next year, like March, April. Mm. We will definitely see a cool off period, but I think it's not, I think you're like crypto winters, like of before are not going to be as yeah. extreme would you say not as cold i, hope so. I would say not as cold well there was <laughs> i think a pretty wild idea of what if we get to this point where bitcoin and eth are just like these because that is it's diminishing returns every time we have a cycle like it's still like you look back to where you know when we were looking at it at you know 12k and we're going right it's looking awesome you know we're closing in on some crazy numbers right now from that point in time but like if we you could envision a point in time where yes bitcoin and eth because so much of it might be stored, locked up long term, how much of it is actually exchanging hands and how far could price dip? And then do we maybe see those sort of nuclear winters and a lot of the altcoins, but these higher caps, they might just survive a little bit better. Like that's, yeah. That's what I wonder. I would agree with that. It's, you know, your lower cap altcoins are the ones that are going to suffer mm. first. Yeah. Like it happens every time we see any yeah. kind of a pullback. If Bitcoin pulls back 10%, Everything else pulls back 30, yeah. 40, right? Depending yeah. on the market cap size, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be no different. I just, I'm pretty bullish on the cycle pulling out a bit longer than mm. people expect. Yeah. Especially when people expect something well, in crypto, it generally the opposite, right? goes the other way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the other the other part of it as well is the crypto winter. And Bitcoin halving is actually not that far away. When you look at mm. by the middle of next year, your Bitcoin halving is only another year away, essentially. Yeah. Which is always a kind of a catalyst for the noise start to start up again. Yeah. People start to talk about it. Bitcoin having for the last four or three, four cycles has been a catalyst for another run up or the it starting, has. the flame that ignites it all again. So yeah. very interesting that the longer that obviously this pushes out, the better it's going to be for the next cycle, for oh. the next run of people that are going to uh, mass adopt, I guess, and get in. Yeah, I think that's to a T. It's really, it's just sitting on the fence all day, just waiting to see where it's going to go. But 
Yeah, what matters is where we are here and now, and where we are here and now is we've had the highest close in yeah Bitcoin's history. Just to give, I guess, I, I wanted to find one cool stat for everyone, I guess, regarding this. And the last time we had a higher close was in November 20. And since November 2020, before it capitulated, had six months straight of green candles. So, oh my God. Yeah. What would happen if, if we got that again? Six months of green candles means Christmas is going to be Christmas. Is it's going to be good. Yeah. And, Bitcoin uh, in the stockings, Matt. That's it. <laughs> it could, like, I mean, it, it's, right. the possibility is definitely yeah. there that it could happen. Yeah. Um, but nobody knows. Nobody's got a crystal ball. Nah. We're trying to get this to play out. Absolutely. What nah. about top movers? Top what's movers. Ha- what's happened this week? There's been a bit of talk about NFTs yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Facebook renaming to Meta. Did they steal that logo off someone? Because I feel it like looks familiar. Yeah, it did. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, we'll have a think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll do a Google image search on it because I swear I've seen that before too. It does look like they have stolen it directly from someone. Yeah, the, and some of the images of Zuckerberg getting around, like walking through cinemas with people with headsets on. It's just like you've sold somebody the drug, but you're not taking it yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like, what is this? It's like. He's just the worst PR guy in the world. Like, yeah. why would you put his face on something? Get somebody in that's better. Are you still there? Yeah, I, know, I just see it every time. It's like Zuckerberg, Matt. Yeah. He just leaves himself open to get spanked every single time he does something on the media. It's just for me, anyway. I don't know. There's a couple of good memes that come out for it, always. So. Yeah, well, that's, it's always worth it if you get a few yeah. good memes out of it, isn't it? So, it yeah. is. But yeah, his big thing was a Facebook post he put out. And in that Facebook post, he did include about how Facebook was moving towards metaverse concept and how they believe a broad range of that will require new technologies such as a big one that stood out for me was governance which everyone sort of crypto inclined knows about DAOs and that sort of thing and nfts was got a friendly mention there too so from that just anything in the top 10 and below in the nft sort of sector just absolutely blew up so i know we've speculated for a long time about nfts not really showing too much long-term potential because you just don't know like how long are these things going to be around for I guess when you see mass adoption from probably the biggest and most influencing company in the world, I mean, yeah, that's why we've seen, you know, things like Mana, Decentraland, things like Sand, Sandbox. I think, you know, we're only probably moments away from some of them having some VC uh, sort of, I guess, funding from some other big company because they just see a potential of how they can nudge their way into this metaverse scape. But all of them have done anywhere from, you know, tip to top, you know, 600%-ish they're sitting now at, a, I think, about a seven-day increase of about 2 to 400% a couple of those assets. And I think the most startling fact I saw about that was the actual NFT sector as a whole makes up for less than 10% of the total market cap. Yeah. Okay. So if we actually are seeing real-world adoption in this new space, are we going to see, I guess, some of the money flowing into that sector? Because I know we've talked about if there's a sector that's hot, you kind of just want to keep eyes on it. So, like, DeFi was a big one, yeah. like, last year. and you couldn't ignore it. So if you weren't sort of playing what was hot at that time, you kind of, I guess, just limited what your potential was. Solana got me into NFTs. Yeah, it did too. Because everyone was yeah. talking about, I need to get an NFT on on yeah. ETH and the gas fee is a million dollars. So I was like, all yeah. right, nah, don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Solana came on, they launched their own Solana art platform. Yeah. Fees were like 0.1 of a Solana to, was to transact. It was so zero, cheap. Zero, Fifteenth of a cent, yeah, 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 and that's what kind of got me looking at Solana, and that's another one that's actually done really well in the yes. last week. Solana's hit new all-time highs today as well as it we are kind of speaking, which flip, is yeah. flip Cardano flip, as well. Oh yeah, the the um, the no. ADA Cardano um, yeah. guys wouldn't be too happy about that. No, no, not at all. What are they called again? 
Cardinites? Cardinites? I don't know. Close enough. We'll make yeah, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Keep thinking XRP army, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. But yeah, Solana hitting an all time high is great. I mean, yeah. that one is, like I said, the NFTs got me looking at that one initially. The Badgers, the NFT Badgers, where yeah. we, we ended up getting a few of those and, and yeah. uh, turning them over and, and that, that worked out really well. But it's, yeah, another one of those assets that feels like it's going to be around for a while. Mm. I know they've had some pretty large investment and backing from FTX. Even just the community that they've developed, it seems is not toxic at all. Like, it seems very supportive. Yep. They're all just pushing for the same goal that there is development on Solana and it keeps going. And that setback, was it like two months ago where one of the validator nodes had issues or something? So even that, I think, got cleared up pretty well. Like not, not too many people are put out, hopefully, by that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super bullish. New projects like that, and they're always going to have certain challenges. Like, Bitcoin has had it, ETH has had it. Mm. I mean, you know, all those major projects have had it along the way. Yeah. Um, I guess the standards are just higher now, right? Like uh, yeah. people don't want to take issues like that anymore. Like they just don't expect to see it anymore. But, you know, yeah. the industry, at the end of the day, the industry is still, you know, only um, 12 years old. Mm. So, you know, for an industry that's 12 years old, it's good that we've got high standards around the projects launching and we need to have that. But mm. I guess there's always going to be teething problems with any business because that's what they are. They're businesses yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, they are. It's because they're, you know, on SwiftX or on a trading screen that you're looking at, they actually are businesses. And that's something that people... Not everybody, I guess, understands. They're always going yeah. to have certain issues like that. People leave, people go. Yeah, Someone exactly. that's of talent, like let's say Gavin Wood, leaves yeah. something as good as Ethereum to go build something like Polkadot. Like there's a reason why I guess everyone does what they do. I wonder what Ethereum would be like now if he ended up staying with Ethereum and didn't yeah. build Polkadot and just kept going. Who why knows what they look like today? Why do you leave? Do you know? Does it say in the book at all? Or? No, it didn't say it in the book. Right. No. We might have to speculate on it. Wow. We'll have to find out for the next episode. No, 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 no. drop it in. We'll, we'll go home and come up with some excuses. <laughs> yeah. Have a couple of excuses. Money. It was money. It was Definitely money. money. It's got Definitely. Be money. Not yeah. enough money. Gas fees are too high. Probably gas fees are too high. <laughs> They're always too high. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We had an absolute blast. Uh, if you love the segment, please share at Tapping Into Crypto. We'll catch you next time. Before we go, always check that contract address, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 